for now. Join us on Facebook Live if you're a sport head because Danny Hicks is just about to say hello with this week's Sports and All. And it's all about football, even I know that. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I mean, it's been a fantastic... Yeah, it's all about football. It's all about the Women's World Cup still. I mean, what a what a great event it's been. I mean, you're not the biggest sports fan, Phil, but even you must have been caught up with some of the... Uh, some of the hype and some of the excitement that's been going around with this. Well, I'll tell you what, on Tuesday, most of my regular guys who chat on the brew are Aussies, and they were getting a little bit ahead of themselves, let me tell you that. Yes. Well, we've got quite a lot of Aussies in our office in uh, here in Hong Kong, and um, they were all leaving uh, when I left the office. They were all disappearing off to watch the game later on Wednesday afternoon, uh, Wednesday evening, and... Um, all talking about how they see each other in the morning and to celebrate getting to the final and all that. And I was like, listen, we're English. We're used to crushing disappointment in semi-finals. You know, it may not go the way you think. And, um, and so it turned out. And what, what a cracking couple of semi-finals we have. We start with the first one, which was on Tuesday, which was Spain against Sweden. Yeah. A game that took a while to get into life. Spain always on top. And then the last 10 minutes absolutely exploded. Spain scored. The teenager Parallelo again coming on the sub and scoring. And then Sweden suddenly came out of their shell and, and threw it at Spain. They got an equaliser just a couple of minutes to go. And then, would you have it, Spain straight back up the other end and scored the winner. And even then, Sweden had a chance to take it to extra time and penalties. It was a cracking finish, but Spain into their first ever Women's World Cup final. And who would they play? Would it be England? Would it be the host Australia? 75,000 the next night in Sydney. Uh, a capacity crowd, another record crowd for a Women's uh, World Cup game. And um, another cracking game. You've got to say England, you know, I, obviously I'm not a neutral, but if you were a neutral, I think having your football head on, you'd say England were the better team on the night, but Australia had their moments. And the equalising goal from Sam Kerr, who finally started a match in this World Cup, probably the best player in the world, and she showed why. She scored an equaliser that would grace any World Cup final, let alone a semi-final. Um, absolute worldie from 25, 30 yards to put Australia back in the game at 1-1. Uh, England took the lead again, bit of a bit of a... Bit of a howler in, in defence from Ellie Carpenter and and uh, was pounced upon by Lauren Hemp. 2-1 to England, but again Australia came back. And this time Sam Kerr from, what, six yards? Much easier chance than the one she'd absolutely <laughs> blasted home. Chance to equalise. Fluffed the lines this time over the bar. A minute later, England go up the other end, get the third game over. I mean, what a fantastic game. I think on reflection, you know, as I say, England deserve to be there. They're the only unbeaten team in the tournament remaining. You know, Spain were beaten 4-0 by Japan, remember, in the group stages. But that seems an awful long time ago now. And uh, one of the England coach, Serena Wegman, I mean, she's now taken them to the... A year ago, they won the Euro final. She's had been a World Cup finals before with her previous sides, uh, She's a woman who's clearly going to be in demand as a coach after this World Cup. The FA are already issuing hands off her. No <laughs> one's going to have her as a coach. Uh, warnings to anyone who thinks, especially like America, who, whose coach has resigned overnight. Um, Black guy, Adnowski, he's thrown in the towel after America's worst ever performance at a World Cup. The, the champions for the two previous editions, they went out in the last 16 to Sweden. Um, Serena Wegman, yeah, she's a woman in demand, and she's just enjoying the ride. 
with this team. She took them to the European Championship a year ago. And who's to say she won't take them to another World Cup final? She was absolutely buzzing after the final whistle. You know, the chance that as a coach or as a player, you make it to finals is really, really special. And we made it too far already. It's just, I'd never take anything for granted. But I'm like, am I hearing a little of fairy tale or something? Yep, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Oh. Wasn't that brilliant? Hey, listen, I tell you, I want to say hello to Aussie Dave, who's got something. He says, um, this is on our Facebook live feed, of course. Join us there. Aussie Dave says, yeah, I did go to the game, been to many big events here in Australia, but this just went up a level, he says. And Dave, I yeah. pointedly say, is an Aussie, and he says, England just played out, outplayed Australia. They took their opportunities. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, I think... Yeah, uh, it's interesting. The, the, obviously, the Australian coach, who, who's a Swede, and Australia will play Sweden in the third, fourth place game tomorrow. Come on to that in a little while. Um, uh, ironically, Tony Gustafsson, Swedish coach of Australia, was was belting out Australia Fair, the national anthem, with the girls before the kickoff. I mean, if ever there's a, a Swede who's an Australian, that's him. And uh, obviously, he was bitterly disappointed after the game. But asked, you know, what was the difference? And he was honest. He said, you know, England's finishing really was what gave them uh, the victory and the place in the final. The players left it all out there. I think that's why the fans are thanking them. Um, but it was one of those nights, I've said it before, uh, tournament football is won and lost inside the 18. And I think England was clinical tonight. Um, we had a chance for 2-2. A couple of minutes later, they, they scored 3-1 there. It's, it's one of those games, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, one of those games. Uh, another night. That, that's what happens in semi-finals and finals, isn't it? I mean, you, you, penalty shootouts, uh, one goal here or there. You know, moments turn. As he said, it could have been two-two. Then suddenly it's three-one. But I think you're right, Dave, and I agree with you. And I think, as I say, any neutral fans watching that game would say that England just had the edge. They played better. They they were certainly for somebody's got to, haven't they? Let's be perfectly honest. <laughs> Yeah, they were for most parts of the game they were in control. And if it wasn't, as I say, for a worldie from Sam Kerr, then uh, England would have, you know, Australia wouldn't have got back in the game. But that's what she can do, Sam Kerr, and that's really what they've missed in this tournament with a calf injury beforehand, just been used <laughs> as a substitute. As I say, it's the first time she's played ninety minutes, yeah. and it just came a bit too late for her in Australia, I think. And I think you know that chance she missed near the end. And England go up the other end and score three one. That can be that can be fatigue. You know, you haven't played ninety minutes in for how long, uh, the Chelsea striker, and you know, just that little yeah. bit of map sharpness deserts you at the crucial time. I'm sure nine times out of ten she'd have she'd have smacked that into the roof of the net, but uh, numbers saw it go over the angle of, of the golden post and the rest yeah. is history as they say. So six o'clock Sunday night. Spain versus England, World Cup final from Sydney. England have got previous in World Cup finals in Sydney. They won the Rugby World Cup final there 20 years just ago. Just you remember uh, that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Our mate's just blown it. He says, OK, let's move on to real football. Naughty. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is real football. No one can deny it. They had record crowds in New Zealand. They broke the record in New Zealand for a, for a women's football match. Yeah. They've broken the records in Australia. 75,000 sellout crowds. They don't get that for many sports in Australia. It has dominated the airwaves in Australia. It's dominated the front and back pages. Obviously, it's going to go down a little bit of a notch. But, you know, Australia are not out of it completely. They've got the 
the hated third, fourth place game. I never know why they do this, but there's a bronze medal at stake. You know, it's the sort of game that no one wants to play in the two losing semi-finalists. That's tomorrow afternoon, four o'clock our time, you Aussies, if you want to catch that. That's uh, Sweden against Australia. Uh, but the big one, Sunday night, Spain against England. Spain in their first World Cup final. England in their first World Cup final, men or women, since 1966. Yeah. And the first major football cup final that England have been in, men or women, outside of their home country, because England won the World Cup in 66, the men at Wembley. They got to the Euros final at Wembley a couple of years ago, the men. They won, the women won the Euros last year at Wembley. So this is a, this is a, a, a bit different. What changed, Danny? I've never known anything like it. It's in all, Australia. It's, it's all good. But what actually changed? This year, everybody knows yeah. about women's football. Yeah, I think it's just, it's starting to get the coverage it deserves. It's getting the sort of treatment for matches and analysis and in the newspapers and in the media, the likes of us doing it, that, that, as an equivalence with the men's game, the women's super league in in the in in England certainly is getting huge amounts of coverage on places like Sky Sports. There's a massive amount. There's a massive upsurge in interest. Certainly, I can only talk about what happens in the UK and England. But since they won the Euros last year, been a huge upsurge of interest. It really mm. gripped the country, uh, and there are lots and lots of girls taking up football. Football clubs are full of. Bend it you know, like Beckham. Girls knocking on their doors with their parents saying, I want to play. Yeah, and you probably go back to Bend It Like Beckham. What a great film. When was that? That was 20, 20, yeah, I mean, that, that was 20 that years. That was avant garde. Now that is pro a prophecy come true, you know, in many ways. Yeah, I mean, fantastic. And, and it's just, it's finally getting the attention it deserves as a sport in its own right, women's yeah. football is here to stay. The quality is great. A few years ago, I don't want to be disrespectful, a few years ago, you watched women's, even international football, apart from the top teams, and it was like watching Sunday morning pub sides. They were all chasing the ball. The ta but now it's not. Now it's right up there. It is right up there with the best. And uh, I've really, really, this is the first Women's World Cup I've been able to watch in sort of, detail because it's in the right time zone for us i've been able to watch most of the games and it's been a revelation to me so uh, really 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 happy to see that and long may it continue now the women need to get paid the same as the men because the tv coverage the spon sponsors have had amazing coverage they should be sticking up the same amount of money as they do for men's world cup and the women deserve to get paid the same that's the next battle they need after to all you've been saying danny very, very compelling. You can't imagine why they're not paid the same. However, let's say hi to our mate Greg, who said he's on Facebook Live and he says, I'm beyond excited. I think this is England's year. I'm calling 3-1 England. You heard it here first. Greg, what do you reckon, mate? 3-1 was 3-1 in the semi-final. I think England should, you know, they're funny thing finals. It's about who turns up on the night. Um, Spain have got nothing to lose. No one expects them to get anywhere near this far. Just over a year ago, they were in dispute. They didn't want to play for the coach. There was all sorts of shenanigans. Now they're playing for him. Mr. Wilder has got the team playing. They've got nothing to lose. But you think England just have got that class and that experience now of playing in major finals, winning major trophies, yeah. that will probably see them see them through this one. But uh, 
who knows? I mean, they were they were almost out against Nigeria in the last 16 and got yeah. through on a penalty shootout. So you never know in football, and that's why we love it. But uh, Let me ask you a question. There were certain rankings. You mentioned certain countries. When you mention these countries mm. and you're talking about male football, you think, OK, well, that's fairly logical. But are the... Are the would, you, would you be saying it differently when it comes to when you mentioned Nigeria? So we don't assume anything like, oh, they're really good when it's in this game. Well, it's always been in the past that it's USA and who else uh, when it comes to women's football. USA were far away, but they went out in the last 16. They'd never come lower than third in a World Cup before. Right. And it was teams like Germany and even Japan have won a World Cup before 2011. Um, and uh, they, I had high hopes for Japan going all the way to the final, but they got, they got found out... Uh, uh, it would have been interesting if it had been a Japan-Spain semi-final instead of Japan, uh, Spain-Sweden because Japan had beaten Spain 4-0 in the group stage. Right. So it just shows you how things can turn around. But, uh, you know, Spain are there on merit. You, you've got to win your games in the, in the knockout stages. They've done that. They've done it in some style as well, and they've got some really good players. So I think it's going to be a fascinating uh, contest on, on Sunday night. I'm really looking forward to it, and I hope everyone else is too. But as uh, someone rather disparagingly said let's get back to the real football i think it probably means like the premier league and stuff like that premier league week two this weekend um some interesting matches uh big ones tomorrow really tottenham against manchester united manchester city against newcastle manchester city having a quick turnaround from winning the uefa super cup for the first time in their history this week i'll come on talk a little bit about that in a minute but they're they're Closest challengers for the title last year, of course, are Arsenal. They don't play till Monday night, but um, there's some bad news for Arsenal this week. Um, they're already without their sort of talisman up front, Gabriel Jesus, who's injured. And then they've bought this, uh, they bought this young defender, Urien Timber from Ajax. 34 million was going to be one of the, one of the linchpins in their sort of new young side, uh, the defense. But, uh, he went off injured last weekend. It turns out he's got, the dreaded ACL, the anterior cruciate ligament tear. He's going to have to have surgery, and it looks like he's out for the season. And uh, the Arsenal manager has been talking about it overnight, and he says it's a huge blow for him and the team. Huge blow, uh, especially for him, because uh, after just joining the club to to have the injury that he has, it's a, it's a huge disappointment for him, obviously for the team, as in a big blow, because... We recruited him with clear intentions and what he was bringing to the team was evident um, and he's not going to be able to do the decision for us. So, uh, yeah, we have to adapt. These things happen, unfortunately, and, um, and we have to move on. Yeah, they've away to Crystal Palace on Monday night. I have to move on. Um, that must be terrible. You know, the, you, you, you go after players, you land them, a good young player like Timber, and, you know, it's a difficult injury to come back from cruciate ligament injury and uh we wish him well it's it's a it's a it's an awful thing to happen especially when you've just transferred to a new club in the premier league you've got a great season potentially ahead of you mick arteta doing great things there at arsenal mm. last season could that be a game over injury or what would it have been years ago actually it, it would have been in the past yeah i mean it's the sort of thing paul gascoigne had was never the same player afterwards but now surgery and medical techniques have come on so far that it's not a it's not a career threatener anymore, right, right. but it's a setback. If you're a young player and you, you lose a, a year out of your career at, at such a crucial time for your development physically and mentally uh, and also as, as, a, as a player, then it, it's going to be a, 
it's it, it's going to take you time to recover from and and there's fitness and there's match fitness as we all know you can get back to being fit you can you can run you can play football but doing it 90 minutes week in week out and it's relentless when you're when you're a team like Arsenal or Manchester City and you're playing in Europe and you're playing in you know you're playing in four competitions basically I've just seen yeah. it this week with Manchester City playing in they played on at the weekend they they played the they, they've had to go to you know wherever it was, Greece or Turkey, to play the UEFA Super Cup. They're, they're back. They're, they're playing on, on tomorrow night. Uh, uh, what time's that? Eight o'clock kickoff tomorrow night. It's so three in the morning. So they got, they're not, at least they're not playing their lunchtime kickoff, but they're playing against Newcastle. They came third last season, having just come off the back of a, of a long midweek trip to Europe. And it's only the second week of the season. They're not really fully fit yet, the players. They've only had a short pre-season. It's a, yeah. it's a real difficult one. And even, and you're seeing the toll being taken on players. Manchester City have lost Kevin De Bruyne this week for three or four months to injury. Players, with this quick turnaround, they don't get the rest. Of, rest and recovery is so important for athletes these days. It's understood much more than it ever was in the past. And with the authorities shoehorning in more and more competitions and more and more games, mm-hmm. for what reason? For money, of course. What else? Um, the welfare of the players sometimes is not taken into account. Right. And... Um, and you're seeing players get injured and you're out for long term. And so, you know, so Manchester City uh, rotating their squad. This They won the UEFA Super Cup, as I say, on a penalty shootout. But this, they've got this young lad, Cole Palmer, up front, scored again, scored in the Community Shield, doesn't get in the first team for the Premier League. I mean, he's 21 years old. He won the European Under-21 Championship with, uh, with England this summer. It's another championship an England football team has won this summer. The under-21s won the Euros for the first time in a long time. I mean, fantastic young player, great young prospect. Um, but it looks for all the world like he's not going to get in the first team at Man City, even though they've got holes to fill with, with you know, De Bruyne injured and, and Riyad Mahrez leaving and things like that. I think he could do a job for them. Pep Guardiola's been talking about him after the UEFA Cup final, and um, he's not so sure, and he thinks he might be on his way. The opinion I had when he arrived, he wanted to leave. But now I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I don't think loan is going to happen. Uh, it's going to stay, it's going to sell, but I think loan is not going to happen. You have a character, a part of the goal. So he was a little bit shy. It's not easy to play against defenders like Acuna, for example, is a top defender. It's not easy, it's a final. He's a young player uh, playing these stages. It's not easy for these guys. So a player really, really good and make a fantastic goal too. It's madness. You know, you've got a young player there who's obviously performing on the pitch whenever he does get a chance. He's 21 years old. He's one of your own, as it were. Um, and you, you're thinking of getting rid of him. I, I, sometimes I wonder about the philosophy of clubs such as Manchester, you know, uh, Manchester City and, and Chelsea who seem to bring through a lot of youngsters through their academies and then don't, you know, we just see Mason Mount, a product of the Chelsea Academy go to Manchester United, which must stick in the craw for a lot of Chelsea fans. I think this lad, Cole Palmer, you know, if he does, by the end of the transfer window, now it's sort of, it's out there that he's he's available. Pep doesn't think he's going to go on loan anywhere. He clearly doesn't think he's going to play him much in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, and he thinks the player wants to leave. So there's going to be a queue of clubs, Premier League clubs, um, wanting him, I'm sure, uh, before the end of the transfer, when at the end of this month. I mean, and it, City have made no no bones about the fact they're after players like Paqueta from, from West Ham. So maybe Cole might be a make-weight in that sort of deal. They, they've been trying to land Paqueta. They haven't got him. Um, 
they need him, they want him. Maybe the, the sweetener could be a, a young striker for West Ham like this Cole Palmer um, as part of the deal. We'll see. There have been a lot of shenanigans to go on in the last couple of weeks of the mm. transfer window. Um, but just to mark your card for a few games this weekend, as I say, the big ones for me, Tottenham Man United, that's a mid, half past midnight kickoff. Sorry, half past... I can't get my time difference. Yeah, half past midnight. Trying to work out the time difference. Half past midnight tomorrow night, Tottenham Man United. That's followed by Manchester City, Newcastle at three in the morning. If you're going to have bleary eyes tomorrow. There's also Liverpool against Bournemouth tomorrow. Uh, West Ham, Chelsea on Sunday. Villa Everton as well. Palace, Arsenal on Monday night around us off. But really, it's uh, football's tape. Premier League football to me, taking the back seat this weekend. It's, it's the year of the World Cup. We've got the Women's World Cup. Do you know something? We've got a Rugby World Cup starting soon on uh, on September the 8th in France. It's only three weeks away from the, the Rugby World Cup starting. Um, we'll talk about more about that as we get nearer to it. But there's been a bit of controversy this week with mm. Owen Farrell of England getting a red card, then getting it rescinded on appeal. Now World Rugby have appealed uh, him being clear of the red card, which means Owen Farrell might miss the missed some World Cup games for England. There's all sorts going on. Australia departed yesterday for uh, for France with uh, the Wallabies head coach, Eddie Jones, giving the media a verbal volley, saying that they're all negative. You blokes don't want us to win. You all think we're useless. We're going to show you. He's off on one again, Eddie Jones. Um, not endearing himself to the Australian media or any media to that matter. And it's never a good idea to keep attacking the press, is it? They're not going to leave you alone. Maybe he just loves to hear the sound of his own voice. Maybe he loves the anti-headlines. But there's more warm-up friendlies coming these next couple of weekends in the World Cup. Once we're over with the Rugby World Cup, well, we won't even be over with it. There's a Cricket World Cup, 50 overs starting in uh, starting in India in October, beginning of October. That runs through to November. Ben Stokes, the England Test captain, has come out of one-day retirement. Is he going to lead them to a World Cup again? I mean, could be the year of the World Cup for England. Starting on Sunday, could be the Women's World Cup. You've got the Rugby World Cup. You've got the Cricket World Cup. Can England do the hat-trick? Maybe in the football and the cricket. I'm not sure about the rugby. I've got to chuck one more in for next week. We'll, at some stage, probably have, have to mention the Dutch Grand Prix. Yes, so it's coming. coming up. They're on. They're on. They're on the break at the moment. The Formula One boys. Um, I'm going to Singapore Grand Prix next month, so we'll yes. be talking a lot about that, and yeah. I will be able to update you live from there. And somehow, between all these World Cups that are happening and the Premier League and the Formula One and everything else, I've got to go to the Asian Games in Hangzhou as well. So I've got a busy, Brilliant. busy time coming up in sport. But so much to look forward to over the next couple of months, and a lot of it happening in our region. Wonderful. Danny Hicks back very, very shortly. Sports and all it is. You're listening to Radio 3 for a Friday afternoon. The 